0: So, in the same way that when, when we get to this week, I, I, I don't ask Michael to prepare, we're just going to wing it with the hymn selections you give us. I mean, none of you told us ahead of time. In the same way I look at these texts, and I just try to give you a little bit of insight from the moment that I see them, and I looked at these very briefly this morning, but what I thought was interesting is, you, you know, we, we sing these Christmas carols every year, right? Now, sometimes we have the tendency not to... Do some verses, and I think I finally understand why. Because a couple of these songs, when you actually dig into a couple of the verses, right, they're, they're not like the, like, festive gather around the Christmas tree, open up presents kind of stuff, right? There's actually this reality that some of these even Christmas songs are saying, like, hey, sometimes things might get tough, right? But at the end of every single refrain, and this is why I think we sing all of these at Christmas time, is there's always this this gospel refrain, right? The good news. Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. And both of these texts at the beginning of a, of a New Year's, I think they're very interesting because, again, they're not like these like, oh, you know what I love? Because honestly, most of the time when we hear that Ecclesiastes text, when is it? Funerals, right? We hear it all the time at funeral services. The Matthew 25 text, we're at Matthew 25 church. We talk about that, but we don't often talk about the whole thing. We talk about, oh, it's good to you know, welcome the stranger and you know, feed folks and take care of people, but we don't often talk about the consequences. But, you know, I, I think that what we crave more than anything anymore is authenticity and honesty. It was funny, I, yesterday I went back because it was the end of the year, and I looked at the, at the four services that got the most... Views on YouTube, because I was curious. And one of them was, uh, the two of them were from the, um, the Sermon Madness series. One of them was the Gospel and Social Justice. Another one of them was Christianity and Nationalism. Uh, there was another one in, in October that I talked about. Well, hold on, I can tell you. Again, I'm, I'm so, just so you know, in case you wonder, like, does this guy prepare his sermons? The answer is yes, because I would already have this written down. It was Advent 4 about Joseph. That was actually the, the most viewed one this year. When I mentioned the fact that Joseph chose yes and chose the complications and difficulties that. Bringing on Mary and and the baby uh, were part of, but what did he get to witness? There was Christianity and patriotism, the ten lepers that were healed. If you remember, it was nine uh, Hebrew people and one Samaritan, and it was this whole time talking about boy what happens when we transgress boundaries or what happens when our boundaries are defined differently? And then finally, the gospel and social justice. And here's what I realized, and I mentioned this in, in my tweet, is that none of those four are exactly the most like, I mean, they're, they're good news, there's gospel, but they're not fluffy sermons. None of those four, when I finally looked, I thought, well, maybe it'll just be all warm and fuzzy sermons that are like the most viewed and reviewed because, you know, we get about 15, 20 views on a Sunday, but these were like 80, 90 people had watched these services over the time. And it just made me wonder. And so I do think we crave authenticity. But I think authenticity that comes with a promise at the end of it. That, yeah, let's talk about the complications of life. Let's talk about the difficulties. Like, there's only so often that you can eat Christmas cookies before it really starts to hurt your, your health, Right? In the same way, sometimes you need meat and potatoes, sometimes you need sustenance, and you can make that sustenance taste good. Trust me, I mean, I got sauerkraut and and sausage back there, and it's on point. Thank you. Don't don't judge my my Pennsylvania Dutch culture heritage, but we got black-eyed peas, too. They're good. Now, we could have done nothing but candy and cake and all that, and that would have been nice, but we couldn't have done that every week. And so I do think our hearts, our, our spiritual bodies, they, they crave this sense of authenticity. And that's what I think is neat about both of these, is to say, you know, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, you know, the folks who designed the lectionary, thought it would be wise at the beginning of the calendar year we might say, there's a lot of things that are going to happen this year. There are some really good things that are going to happen, and there are some things that aren't going to be good. You know, I don't always mean to go back to even our own history but but certainly those of you who have been around here the last five years there's been ups and downs everywhere but at the end of all of it it just comes back to you know what the best thing to do is this is why I love Ecclesiastes because it itself also doesn't give you the easiest answers it's like I I think the best thing to do is just make the most out of it do the work I think paired with the Matthew 25 text, I think what it invites us to think is what is that work that we're tasked to do? Now, Jesus gives us a whole lot heavier consequences in Matthew 25 than maybe we think about. All right, well, today I didn't give money to the person to exit, which, again, there's good reasons to and not to. Or maybe I didn't do this thing, or maybe I didn't do that thing. Um, there are eternal consequences to that, right? Um, so we're caught in this middle where the, where, the, where the writer of Ecclesiastes says, you know, all we're going to know is the present. All we know is it's, there are things that are going to happen and things that aren't going to happen. And the best thing to do is just work hard. And you only can know the present. You can't know what God's beginning, past, and the future is. You only know the present. And Jesus offers us a chance to say, you know what you ought to do in the present? Go take care of people. Because if you do that, you're taking care of me, and you get the perk of eternal life. But let's put that aside, sort of like the lottery ticket at the end. It would seem that the best way for us to live this life in our toil is to care for the people who need it the most. That's not a bad thought on the first Sunday of a new year. How are we as individuals, how are we as a church aligning ourselves to do that all the time? Are 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 we so deeply dedicated to that that anybody who comes into this place or watches this online can say, you know, I know that church is living into that Matthew 25 thing, right? They heard that text at the beginning of the new year and they lived it out. We do that in a lot of different ways. We do. But you can't rest on your laurels. No more than, you know, you can build something and then expect it not to decay over the course of a few years. Anybody who's owned a house long enough knows at some point you do a task only to have to do it 10 or 15 years later. So I wonder what we do moving forward. Yeah, I think it's relaxing like we do today and having fun and enjoying one another, but I think it's like we just keep doing the work. And I, I think even saying it out loud, you know, if I had another few hours I was going to work on this sermon, um, that really doesn't feel all that exciting. Like, that's not the sermon that the guy who gets, you know, 10,000 people watching him every Sunday might say, just go do the work. But again, I, I think that's the most honest answer. I think it's the most authentic answer. I think it's the one that these two texts invite us to consider. So I would just tell you from from my end, I hope to continue to serve this church in a way that helps us keep looking back to those texts and say, all right, how how are we taking care of the stranger? How are we feeding people, clothing people? And maybe I'm concerned about your salvation. A little bit. It's part of my job. But I think just as importantly, I'm also worried about how do we celebrate and enjoy the work that we do in this present moment. Because that, that's the joy of being a community, isn't it? So those are just some thoughts.